0: Hey, just want to take a quick break from this episode so I could tell you guys about how I just launched my new Patreon page. If you don't know about Patreon, it's a great way for people to support creators with a monthly subscription. Becoming a Patreon supporter can even come with a few perks, like early access to new episodes and getting special shoutouts on the podcast. I've recently started working part-time at my job so I can focus more time and energy on the podcast and YouTube channel, so any support would be massively appreciated and it helps me towards my hope of making this my full-time job someday. So if you want to help support me in that, please head over to Patreon.com slash HoopTheory. That's Patreon, patreo dot com slash HoopTheory. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. Hello and welcome to the Horace Grant episode of the Hoop Theory podcast, a.k.a. episode 54. My name is Logan Wortman, and as usual, I am joined by my avian co-host, Jacob Roth. Jacob, how does it feel to be on the Horace Grant episode?
1: Feels pretty good. Also, shout out to Teddy Bruschi and Zach Thomas in the NFL. Uh, For 54, 54. Is a, oh, 54 is an all-time linebacker number, like Brian Erlach. like... Just a, it's mm-hmm. an all-time linebacker number. Uh, Fred Warner, who's playing right now. We're recording this on Thursday night as I just watched Trent Williams emasculate a full-grown man. Uh, but anyway, it's over to my left. So if I keep looking this way, I'll try to focus, but that's what I'm doing. Uh, it's, I'm feeling great. I'm happy to be here. Horace Grant, uh, some might know him as a legend because he is one. Hall of, no, not Hall of Fame. That's one of the pe- one. – isn't he one of the ones it. that people are like – because he's like I- –
0: yeah, I don't think he's Hall of uh, Fame. He's like a couple, maybe
1: like two-time a, All-Star. If there, like, if there was like a week. But he was also on like a zillion teams that did a lot of things. He was on the Bulls and he was on the
0: Magic. And the Lakers when he was old, I guess. So Doesn't he have like seven rings? No, that's uh, Robert Ory.
1: That's what I'm mixing up. Okay, yeah. I'm stupid. I know who Horace Grant is. My brain just flipped those. Like I'm like yeah. I know the difference in the two people. Big Shot Bob Horace Grant not was Grant. actually probably the goggles.
0: Yeah, Horace Grant was actually probably a higher caliber player at his peak than. But he doesn't Big have Shot these
1: mountaintops of yeah of, playing a being an integral
0: piece on
1: on championship. Team. Well, I mean, he was on the Bulls for three championships, but but he probably won't be in like the montages of like the NBA's. Was it hundred and twenty-fifth anniversary will be the next one? Yeah. A couple big shot the shots could be in there. Yeah. Not many goggle legend Horace Grants. Mm-hmm. Because he rocked the all white goggles for a little bit, I think. Yeah.
0: He did. He did. Uh honestly, people I mean, Wendell Carter Jr. wears them sometimes. Oh. But that's like the only one I can think of modern day that wears those. And that's only on rare occasions, I think.
1: Wendell yeah. Carter Jr. is also another guy that I think might be Wilt Chamberlain's relative somehow. Mm. There's, there's like just enough things. I think it's the head shape. They've got like a very like big top round bot like mm. Otto Portis, Otto Porter. i Almost I combined Bobby Portis, Otto Porter Junior. Is for sure related. Like there's no world he's not.
0: Yeah, that that seems like it'd be pretty likely. Honestly. Um, but, uh, but anyway,
1: especially because of the off-the-field stats, off the court stats that uh Will Chamberlain boasted.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: It's like mythical. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um Avian. That was my Oh yeah, for you. avian. well, that's that's kind of a fun one. It's yeah. better than like a boreal. I don't even know what that means. Of the trees. So it's not actually the, it's not of the trees, but it's something to do with trees.
0: Okay, so kind of like what av- avian is with birds. It's like re- – but the definition of it is like relating to birds or something yeah, like that. Honestly, a
1: boreal might be relating to trees. Yeah. Um, but, but I can't fly, so – but yeah, anyway. Um, um, so with, – With that craziness, uh, let's go to the probably gambling probably heart of America.
0: Hop right into the uh, Northwest,
1: Northwest Division.
0: I totally forgot what division we were doing. Northwest. So, So for the rules – of this game. I'm just going to share this before we get into this every episode. So, we're going to go through each team, look at their over underline. Jacob and I are both going to give an over or under pick for each one, except we can use one stay away per division and we can use one lock per division. So, the lock changes it from being worth one point to being worth three points. So, if we get it right, we get three points. If we get it wrong, we lose three. And we'll tally all these up at the end of the season. And whoever loses has to get a tattoo that the other one picks (laughs) I just threw that in right now uh that was a joke but maybe we should add some stakes to it I don't know something something innocent something not too uh crazy crazy permanent permanent but (laughs) yeah so starting off with my favorite team the Denver Nuggets as you can probably see if you're watching the video version on YouTube and if you are please like and subscribe do all that stuff
1: um, Leave a comment. Tell me I'm stupid about my uh, whatever, actually. Yeah. <laughs> just tell, tell me I'm dumb. Same. <laughs> yeah, so with the Denver
0: Nuggets, though, their line – Well, I guess – so what they did last year, uh, they finished 53-29, and 29, which they should have gotten like 58 wins probably. But they decided to not care about the last month and a half of the season and just rack up loss after loss.
1: You could um, argue that it costs – well, I would actually – Bet that it cost uh, Jokic MVP. Uh, Definitely did. What was their line last year? Um, if you don't remember, it's okay. Um, my my uh, reasonable
0: prediction for them was fifty three wins, and I know that if I know that every single one of my lines was like at most two or three wins off of what the Fanduel odds were, except for Sacramento was like five. So,
1: okay. Well, I just was, cause I was like, it might've cost that. There was a lot of things that them just like, I think I want to say it was like 51 and a half, something like that. So it didn't impact that. So that's, that's good. Well, and that makes sense that you'd be a couple games higher than sports book would be on the nuggets. Like that just makes sense.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but anyway, uh, yeah. yeah.
0: So my, like I said, they won 53 games and that was my actual reasonable prediction for them was 53 right on the dot. Um, my ceiling was 63, and my floor was 45, which was one of the highest floors, I think, that I've had. Um, <laughs> because Jokic is just a walking floor. That's what that's what that man is. What
1: is his win share?
0: I think it's the most of anybody since he's entered the NBA, for sure. Um, let's look on basketball reference really quick. We
1: would use stat moves, but uh, I got to pay for that garbage now. I haven't even
0: looked. 94.5 is his career win share.
1: That is wild.
0: But uh, yeah, so looking at them though, their line this year is another pretty good one. It's right at what their last season win total was at 52.5. So they have to get 53 to hit the over. And I feel pretty good about this one. You know, the changes we've made um, hasn't been like a ton, but we did lose – Bruce Brown. Bruce
1: Brown. But you have Um, arguably have pseudo Bruce Brown just kind of sitting there with Christian Brown. Could do a lot of – maybe not the same things that uh, how Bruce stepped in like on the – on the somehow as a four, like a pseudo four sometimes. He just kind of was – just did that. Uh, I'm Mm -hmm. not sure if Christian Brown can do that to the same level. Um, But I feel like there will not be that big of a drop off. It will be whoever has to try to replace Christian Brown's little bursts of help. That'll be where we might see the, the the shift or change or need a committee to do it or um, mm-hmm. probably that'll Peyton be where Watson it'll be interesting. Would,
0: is who I yeah, would put my money the name on. That's a name that I
1: have written down.
0: Mm-hmm. That's somebody I could definitely see entering the rotation. Although I think he just he might have got hurt recently. I don't know if it's like a major injury. I haven't checked on that yet. I just that just popped into my mind. But regardless, even if he's not there, I'm not worried about it because we have. The three guys that we picked in the draft, I'm happy about all of them, honestly. Calvin Booth has been money on every all five picks that he's made so far as GM of the Denver Nuggets, and then we have oh Vlatko Tranchars, who's out for the whole season, so cross him off. But um, I think no that chance only, he
1: comes back at the end. I highly doubt it.
0: He just he just tore it in August, and. Yeah, so I mean, that puts him at just after the playoffs are over. If you're doing nine months, I think.
1: Oh, and yeah, there's. And nine
0: months is like the minimum for an ACL. Which is crazy.
1: Like at some point, ACLs, if they're like not like the whole thing blow up in your knee helicopters, they could be like six months injury. Like with how. Because ACLs used to be like a career thing for some people. Like they never, ever looked even close to the same. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, oh, you're gone for. Fifteen months, but you but can you play But you come back again. even better sometimes. And then that's, some that's guys, the big like, thing that's changed because they work on like I think it's because they work on things that they can use without having a knee.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that
1: and like, they, they, the th-
0: they can add to their like their vertical leap. That's the biggest thing that like Clay Thompson after he tore his ACL, or no, maybe not him. There's there's been some people though that after they go through an ACL rehab, they come back with a higher vertical leap by like two inches. Oh. Because like they focus so much more like strength and training on onto that. those muscles that like they they're they're better than they were before basically.
1: And I think Jamal Murray is the the example of what I was trying to say is like he got better at everything that wasn't just purely his explosiveness that he had. He mm-hmm. got better at being the ball handler in a pick and roll, and he just got better at all the other things that yeah. he didn't need because he he had a lot more explosiveness than people probably give him, gave him credit for, mm-hmm. uh, but he just got so much better at everything else. He didn't really have to show off that. I hey, my knees like super fine. Like I, I feel great. But anyway, you were saying Clayton or people come back more explosive.
0: Yeah. 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 So that's been the biggest thing, honestly. But yeah. So looking at the rest of like the nuggets rotation pieces that are the same or different, Um, We have Reggie Jackson, who we got at the deadline last year or just after in the buyout. He, I think, ramping up with an offseason heading into this year. I think we already talked about this on a podcast episode, but I think that uh, his addition will be something that actually we see used. He'll be in that rotation as like the backup point guard, hopefully kind of filling in for that Bones Highland role. Somebody who can play two man game with Jokic when Jamal is on the bench. And if that doesn't work, if Reggie Jackson is still a disaster wearing a Nuggets uniform, then we always have, you know, some Colin Gillespie, who was out all last year, his rookie year with a broken leg, but now he's going to have his first, his real rookie season this year. And then we also got Jalen Pickett in the draft as a point guard that can come in and play some minutes. Uh, So that is the spot I feel the least safe about is the point guard position is the same thing that we were weakest at last year. But uh, yeah, that that's the only place my my worries lie. And also, looking just looking at like picking the lines here, I could definitely see a world where we win less games than we did last year because that stretch of the season at at the end of the year last year. If that is like something we see for a bigger stretch this season because of complacency or like if they start off
1: slow. If they yeah. start off slow and then have that, like oh, we've got the one seed or we've got the two seed hmm. At the if you get two of those, one at the beginning and one at the end, things could be rough. Yeah, um, exactly. But one thing, as much as I make fun of Michael Malone, um, because he of that whole interview or he's like, my name is Michael. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if any coach is going to like bully that out of people, I feel like he would do a pretty good job of it. Like there might be one game and he'll be like, excuse me. Do you want the Michael Porter Jr. treatment his rookie year? Because I don't care who you are. Yeah, Uh, Jamal Murray, let's have uh, Chanchar. Come on. I know you don't have a leg, but you (laughs) can play minutes instead of uh, Murray because he doesn't care.
0: Yeah. Um, Honestly, I think the person he would have to do that to, though, the most would be Jokic because I think that's Jokic's biggest negative. Honestly, his biggest flaw is
1: you're not hit, sure if he cares.
0: Some yeah, there's he definitely gets into times where he's like comfortable and like I don't really care. Um, you know, he's not under pressure, so he's just kind of going through the motions sort of thing. And that just just that coming from the leader of your team and a guy that's usually setting such a great example that everybody's look, like used to looking up to and following his example, then when he's doing something like that, that kind of trickles down uh, to all the the other players on the team too. Uh, so hopefully we see less of that this this upcoming year, and if we do, I think we will see a higher win total. So I am going to use my lock here on the over, um, which I'm not. I'm not. I won't defend as a great pick. Was it 52
1: but I, and a half for 53 and a half?
0: 52 and a half. Um, I'm not going to defend it as a great pick, but. So far, this has been a weird year for, for over-under picks because we're about halfway through the NBA now, and I have not seen a line that I feel great about a lock-on. Um, so I just have to pick the one I feel the least bad about.
1: Bad about. <laughs> I actually go under on this, and I'm glad that you brought up the championship slump, the complacency type of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I didn't even think of Jokic being the guy that's probably the most prone to doing that exact thing. Yeah. Uh, but that's a great point. But I was just more saying, that, like, if they start slow and then get themselves to a good spot in the West, and I think the West has so many good teams that records won't look insane. So, like... It would be like last year. 50, 52 wins, 50... We'll call it 52 wins could get you the one seed realistically. Yeah, we get 53 got us the one seed last year. Perfect. So, like... There's like a real chance where I don't want to say much lower than that. But if they get closer, if they realize, oh, we can't get that one seed and they do this, I just wasn't anticipating the end of the year, regular season, the Nuggets to like put the car in neutral and just kind of coast and yeah. then slam it into drive and go in the playoffs, which they yeah. did. I mean, credit to them for being able to turn it on like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I, that's I'm going to go under.
0: That's fair. And I don't feel
1: I don't feel great about the under, um, but I feel like somewhere at the top end of the West, someone has to lose. Yeah. And I feel like the Nuggets are a team where it could be, because also it could come down to the little nitty gritty things. And the guy that did all those little nitty gritty things was Bruce Brown. A lot of Nuggets do it, but Bruce Brown did a lot of those things. So it'll be. But there's also a world where they go they just don't turn it off and they start in full gas and they win 70 games. Mm -hmm. 70 is probably high, but there's like a world where they have like a strong 60. (laughs) Yeah. Like if they get like, they tickle like 62, maybe 63. I would would love
0: to see that. Love to see nuggets set their all time or their franchise record.
1: I just, I just think that actually, now that I'm really thinking that won't happen. The the West is just too hard. The nuggets could still be the best team, which I think they are, but there's just too much to night in and night out only lose 20 games in the seat that's just hard to do so yeah um i yeah i mean we've talked about the nuggets a ton uh i think that i don't have anything else to add some guys i think that are important uh that will either need to take a step or just show kind of what we think they can do peyton watson is a big one uh christian brown needs to not shy away from the increased rollage Mm -hmm. um And I feel like they need to have like a big, not a huge jump, but a a nice jump to feel comfortable at that one seed above some of these like revamped and reloaded strong West teams, whether it's Peyton Watson, Christian Brown, um, Jalen Pickett is another name I had written down from all the Googling and research I've done. Uh, cause I need to put in way more footwork to uh, figure out the nuggets than some people here. Uh, (laughs) I don't, I don't watch all 82 nuggets games. Um, and that leads a little bit to my watchability score. Uh, my watchability score for the Nuggets, because I think Jokic is a super, uh, just him alone is a baseline. You're giving a team a seven. Like, there's, if like he is seven, he mm-hmm. could be on a team. You make him the center of the Nebraska Cornhuskers and like <laughs> surround him with what they have now. That team is at least a seven to watch. That's not true because Nebraska is electric to watch for me. But anyway, yeah, uh, Jokic but is against, a lead but to against watch. NBA teams. You're saying yeah, against NBA teams, <laughs> yeah, uh, they're still a seven just because of like all the weird, crazy stuff Jokic does. Um, I probably, for me, I'm gonna give them like an a nine two, like wow. if they're really close to the top. Well, just they do what I like. Sometimes I wish they would do a little bit more defensively, but they've done that more as mm-hmm. Since we've started doing the pod, like they were like an offensive and they'll just let
0: you score. They're a good defense. I'll, the easiest way to put it is they're a good defense when they need to be. Yes, <laughs> it kind of goes when they're, with their complacency thing.
1: Yeah. But, well, and I think that a couple of years ago they were just going to outscore you or try to. Yeah. And now they're like, well, if we have a defense, if we have Contavius Caldwell-Popes and Aaron Gordon, honestly, and we talked about it. In length, in nauseam, probably a couple hours overall. Michael Porter Jr., no longer a defensive negative. Mm -hmm. Probably you couldn't even call him a defensive neutral because that's like his low now is a defensive neutral. He's a defensive positive almost all the time. So Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of fun things about the Nuggets. Logan, what do you think? If anybody in the uh, YouTube or TikTok anywhere, if this it probably will become a TikTok. But uh, what do you think Logan's watchability score for the Nuggets are? Okay, Logan, uh, now that they've put their guesses in, locked them in. Uh, what is your watchability score for the Denver Nuggets? Yeah, that would be a 10, 10.0. If you pivot, just give them like a like a 9. <laughs> a nine. Like, ah, there's some things I no. get sick of watching them.
0: Yeah, no, I do not get sick of watching the Nuggets, except for games when Jokic is hurt. That's like really the only ones that I'm sometimes I'm like, yeah, I don't need to finish this one. But um, other than that, yeah, watching every every quarter of every game. So uh, that'll uh, be a 10 for Joe? me.
1: So our average, average Joe should Joe's be for, like an eight, I I think. Should it, I don't be. think it is. I think it's lower. So the thing is we have to establish what an average Joe is. I think average yeah. Joe is not a guy that watches basketball. It's a guy that goes, oh, I'm just a big sports guy. I think yeah. that's an average Joe. Who watches like a couple times a month? They maybe? catch primetime games, period. They don't, they don't dig, they don't, yeah. They're like yeah. Out of the however many games there are, they watch like 2%
0: of the NBA season. It's somebody that, you know, it's a family man who's just running on his treadmill, you know, in the evening and, you know, flipping on a game to watch.
1: while Goes he's to running. bed at 9 o'clock and yeah. catch a sports center for what happened in the NBA last night type of average. <laughs> uh, I feel like they're like a 7-1. Oh, that's yeah, I think that's fair. I feel like they're pretty low. Like they're like, oh, these, yeah. guys, won the, these guys won the title. They're best player. He's from Serbia. How crazy is that, Jim? That's yeah. insane. Like, I, I feel like. While, um, while
0: he's holding a cup of, a, a yeah, mug of coffee.
1: That brown kid, he went to Kansas. He played for Bill. That's crazy. <laughs> I feel like it's, yeah. They're big water cooler guys. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like uh, that is that is kind of, they, they're like, oh they're pretty fun to watch. It is this crazy thing where he like falls over and just kind of. And throws it, goes it in. Yeah, it goes in. Um, uh, now as, uh, it has since been added, we didn't do it for the Atlantic, but it's fine. Uh, Ooh. Yeah. And jerseys. I don't know if you
0: watched the last episode, it, it's up now, but, um, I put, I flashed up on screen every time we mentioned a Jersey, I put up a picture of it. Oh, you wouldn't have found it? Yeah. So I, that need to, I usually try to a lot them. of editing time, but, um, something I'm still going to do. And I am planning on making most of these into shorts, especially like the Jersey ones. So.
1: Um. So, looking at the Denver Nuggets jerseys here, um, hmm. I think my all-time favorite Nuggets jersey is the red one. I'm just kidding. Uh, for those that are just listening, Logan made a face because Logan. I feel like on the pod has expressed his hatred of the. Uh, I think so. Yeah. It should be a Utah jersey. Um. The the red Nuggets jersey. Red and um, orange. Yeah. And so also we kind of we've turned this into like a historic all-time just this franchise's best jersey. I think it's hard to beat the all white rainbows. The all white rainbows. Okay. People like the blue, but yeah. just the the white crisp with the rainbows good. Just a this is an all-time jersey franchise. They've got some great ones. I appreciate um, people recognizing some, that. Well, I feel like if you don't, you just
0: but I think got,
1: a, there's a lot of people that don't
0: really <laughs> mention the Nuggets as one of those teams. but
1: I just think it's because they have so many different eras, quote-unquote, yeah. that have like a distinct look that I'm like, that was one of the best at the time. You've mm-hmm. got the Rainbows, then you've got the Mellow Baby Blues or yeah. Powder Blues, whatever they are. And the, then you my, went into What this, the Nuggets
0: are to me like because that's like when I was a baby. So
1: yeah. Uh, Not a baby, but a baby in terms of watching basketball. And then they moved into this like dark blue, a lot more red accents than they used to use. That was the season that when they did that uh, whole
0: team branding change was the season that I like got league pass and was like, you know, this is the because, you know, I was a I was a basketball NBA fan. But like I was I would describe myself more as like a 2K fan growing up. Like I wasn't like you know basketball brain like consuming it all the time i was just like oh yeah the nuggets that's my favorite team and i'd watch like sometimes you know what i mean but then that season so after
1: the season Wait. after we sorry no sorry i just was i need to see if this jersey was real this this is it for sure if it is real did they do an all black rainbow oh my goodness they did Recent, yeah recently yeah that's it that's that, for that, sure that's it. It.
0: I was going to save that one, actually. That's, like, my my favorite one.
1: No, that's it. Now that I've seen it, that's for sure it. Yeah. And so for those that don't know, uh, I, I actually, can you show your little poster? Can they see it? The one behind me? Yeah. Yeah, they can see it. Can't you see it? Oh, I, no, because I went out of the other mode. Yeah, it's pretty much that, except not. It's like you take the black with that style of rainbow. I'll put the picture lo- up on this. Oh, you're describing it. Oh, Wait, no. Who, who, uh, yeah, you'll just put the picture up. Audio yeah. listeners, thanks for listening on audio. Uh, when you're done, <laughs> zip to right now and look. Well, <laughs> this is clunk. My brain's breaking. <sighs> I'm flustered. Tired. Little hot um so, anyways, as
0: I was saying, <laughs> I uh so the season that they rebranded to the dark like jersey, like the dark blue and everything was the first season that I like got league pass and I was like, I dedicated my life, you know, to the nuggets, you know what I mean? Um, Which was the, 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 that was the same year that we drafted Michael Porter, Michael Porter jr. So it was like this around, it was must've been like the same week of the draft is when they announced, showed those jerseys and everything. Um, But yeah, that was around the same time either right after or right before me and you saw Jokic, which I, we already promised we weren't going to talk about it until episode sixty nine, so um, oh. we're going to save that one. But we saw Nicole Jokic spoiler alert, um, cool. in in person, not at a game. But yeah, so you you mentioned your favorite jerseys. Uh, a couple of mine. I like the Mile High City ones. Um, you know, the lighter the, blue. Yeah,
1: like they're, they're uh, a lighter blue, blue than the rest of theirs. Yep.
0: Yeah, and then I also like the one that's behind me right here. These it was ones. A,
1: uh, 2022's City Edition.
0: Yeah. Thank you to Jacob here for actually copping Christmas me
1: or birthday yeah. or something.
0: Um, but yeah, so that that's another one of my favorite ones. I do like the one that Jacob mentioned, the black ones with the rainbow. That's probably my favorite as well. I also really like the new white ones, uh, rainbow. Like not the old white one rainbows, but the new it's ones. It's the exact
1: same as the black, white rainbow ones, but they're white instead. Yeah.
0: So it's like, there's white lines in between all the colors. Um, yeah, I like those. But yeah, I think that those are probably my I, – I, one that's really underrated. I wouldn't say it's like my favorite, but one that's super underrated because people hate it for some reason are the white ones, the ones that we won game five in, won the championship in. Because that was a big nar- narrative on like Nuggets Twitter is like people were mad about those being the jerseys that we were wearing when we won. But I really like those ones—the white ones with the, like red base. nuggets. Yeah, it has red. No, not red nuggets, but red collar, um, and dark Denver, and it's like kind of basic looking.
1: Oh, it's um, their, is it their standard home away? No, their standard home. Sorry.
0: No, it's uh, it was it was it was a new one last season. So
1: it oh, says, "Oh, I know which one it is." Yep. Yeah. Yep. And it has like the yellow in the outline of Denver. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yep. I'm tracking. I, I kind
0: of dig, like, I don't think that they're anything special, but those are, I think those are like pretty solid jerseys to me at least. Um, so I don't, I don't hate them at all, but yeah, there we go. Those are our favorite jerseys from the Denver Nuggets. Um, And for those who don't remember, I locked the over on the Nuggets and Jacob has picked the under. And so moving on to the Minnesota Timberwolves, Uh, their record last year was 42-40, and um, which was in my ceiling-to-floor range. It was on the lower side, though. I had their ceiling at 57 wins, floor at 37, and their sweet spot right in the middle at 47 was my reasonable prediction. This season, their over-under is going to be 44-and-a-half. And for those who don't remember, they, um, Jacob just made a face. Is that's that wild. different than you've seen or?
1: No, that's, ex- that's, that's just, I haven't looked. That seems low to me. Um, it seems low. They, they had about the worst season, worst scenario possible. Anyway, uh, for those who haven't seen, you can finish your thing before but, we go
0: into. Yeah. I was about to go into to their worst scenario possible last season was something that isn't necessarily like an injury sort of thing. It was a, fit issue a team chemistry issue that isn't guaranteed to be solved you know Mm -hmm. they looked better towards the end of last season I think I feel better about this team moving forward but their line is three wins you have to they have to win three more games than they did last season to hit the over and they're in a just more competitive west as we've gone through Mike Conley I think was a great addition but he's getting another year older at just a like a 6-1 point guard frame you know, getting to 35, 36 now. I don't know if like the drop off is coming soon for him. You know, he's been on the decline for sure, but last time we saw him last season, he was still a very serviceable starting point guard in the NBA. And I think whether he is still going to be that this upcoming season is definitely a big factor for how this Timberwolves team will fare, especially since he is basically him and Cal Anderson is what unlocks Gobert as like a positive piece on their offense. If one of those two guys isn't on the floor with Gobert, then he's kind of just clogging things up and there's not anybody that can really find him or utilize him in the pick and roll because Kyle Anderson and Mike Conley are really the only two pick and roll creators or like passers that are capable of like setting him up for lobs pretty consistently. Um, I've yet to see, I, I, this might be totally wrong, but I I don't know if I've ever seen Ant-Man pass like throw a lob to Gobert before or to anybody. <laughs> but, and so that's why I, I te- I'm going to lean the under, slight under on this one. I don't think it'll be by much, but I could, I could definitely see either one happening, but I feel similarly to how I did last year, but just a more competitive West. So I'd probably put my reasonable prediction. I haven't been doing this for all these teams, but my reasonable prediction would probably be at like 44, honestly. So it'd be like a game below where they'd have to get. Um, so, yeah, what about you?
1: I'm going to lock the over.
0: Fair. Um, I'm glad h- how this is turning out. We're disagreeing more than the other divisions. I just
1: feel like in my brain, like the Carl Anthony Towns' injury, Mike Conley getting beat up, and maybe that's just what you have to expect from Mike Conley is he's just not going to be able to give you a consistent, always around, just with age. Uh, he's not the Iron Man that he used to be. And he never really was, honestly. But uh, I just don't think everything will go wrong like it did last year. But one more year of all of this being together, uh, Jaden McDaniels is going to be a piece that I think continues to grow for him and get better. Mm -hmm. Um, Would I rather have this this team take Rudy Gobert and swap it for Jared Vanderbilt? For sure.
0: Just Uh, just straight up for Jared Vanderbilt?
1: Not straight up, but. Like in terms of, I'm
0: not laughing at the
1: actual like truth of that. On the court, I think that just makes more sense. It could, but that's that's not what this team has as a situation. Um, I, I like if Anthony Edwards like says I am a top ten player in the NBA. Like we've both talked about, he might. Mm -hmm. It's not a guarantee, but he really might do that. This team, I think, could win. Like almost 50 games. Like I really think that this team is like, if not everything goes right, but if they have eight out of 10 dominoes fall, this team is a lot better than people think they are. And we've talked about it before, but Bruce Brown said that this was their hardest series. And a lot of that's matchup re- wise, but like, I know I, I just really think that if a certain guys take a step up, they figure out the nightmare scenario of go Baron, uh, towns taking the court whether that's sending towns out for someone else or moving things whatever they do i just think that this team could like be jousting for like a top three seat in the west i mm-hmm. think with how good the west has gotten this team is able to contend with those not super comfortably but i think that this is a pretty good team yeah i i don't
0: think that's a crazy pick at all um Maybe the so lock, like, I think, is a little crazy. But um, who else do we lock in this division? Yeah, that's true. It's hard. It's hard to find one that you feel good about. Um, and you're you're kind of like the you know I'm kind of like the Cavs guy. I'm Wolves guy. And you're Wolves for guy sure.
1: for like our secondary teams.
0: You know, obviously not. No, our, I was
1: like high on the Wolves when it was like Vando. As like, yeah. look at that guy just hustling.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah. So also they have really good injury insurance at their center spot. Um, with Nas Reed being one of the best backups in the league, and he's he's behind. They have Rudy Gobert and Caranthi Towns at the big spot. I think
1: somebody gets moved for sure. I think something gets, and that's probably Cat gets moved for something, and I think that they're in a position where they should, and this roster was built by the guy that built 80% of the Nuggets. So it's not like this GM that doesn't know what to do at all. Mm-hmm. Rudy Gobert thing really brought that into question. uh it was very confusing on why he did that uh other than this will make us better against the nuggets, <laughs> but uh I think that he if he flips cat for a win now piece, which I think is what they do because they know they they're almost to a window like they they're they're in a position where they probably should feel good about their chances if they flip cat for a improvement at their three, let's say or. A more consistent couple bench pieces whatever they flip cap for uh, it could bump this team to like the next i think ant can be the number one option on the nba championship team that's pretty much why i think highly of this t wolves team I'd, yeah, i yeah it could I'd evolve to you. that but yeah.
0: yeah i'd agree with you i do feel like if this team were to make a move to put them in contention this season It should be Gobert getting moved, and that's my personal opinion. I I don't. I think that's an unpopular opinion, to be honest. No,
1: I don't. I agree with you. I don't think they can. Gobert money is gross. Cat, it like they both have gross money, but teams have more red flags about Gobert than they do Cat. But I think there's some teams like I. To me, if I
0: was Mark Cuban and the Dallas Mavericks, I would be like, here's so here's some pocket change for Gobert that like. Like would be some pieces that the uh, wolves would definitely take because number one they're getting off of Gobert, but they're getting back. Like the the thing though, I don't think this will happen is because that is something that you just never see happen. Is a GM just a year later, basically because what it is is like basically folding and admitting that what your trade was just a year ago was a complete failure. You know, and GMs okay. just don't tend to do that. Like if he's if he flips go bear for things that are like is laughable in comparison to what they gave up for go bear. Then it's like basically admitting his, his failure and he's looked at as a worst GM just publicly, which is just the, the way it goes. And
1: know? that's the other thing is like, I kind of looked into this because when we saw, we did an episode talk, breaking down breach, bleach reports, like five trade or five trades that could happen. And it was cat moving. The thing that I think is like difficult is how much money for either of those guys have to be in the deal to make the books balance. Yeah, so, so you that, have to trade a team up. that has like two or three guys were seventeen mil a year, and that's just hard to find people that will be like, yeah, I'm willing to give that up for for Gobert, yeah. uh, because a lot of the time that seventeen is a guy that is a value piece because he's like on the middle deal before he gets his big money or before he like unless it's like a, a Duncan
0: fr- Robinson or Davis Bertans type thing
1: that does happen but like Spencer Dinwiddie but usually the team that's trading away the big money doesn't get like pieces back they can use they just get like make the make the salaries balance and we don't have to deal with them let us reload for this offseason and maybe that's what they do um but I also think that in terms of what you want Ant to do uh Gobert is not the best for that I don't think
0: no not Um, at all that's why he I think just I makes think it he's an addition he's yeah I, that's why I think Gobert is almost an addition by subtraction for this team not entirely because of what he provides on the defensive end but like if you just trade him for pieces to form around this team I just think that's I'm the move. glad
1: that the first guy they got out was Delo though I'm glad that that was because there was like a real I I've got a buddy that's a T-Wolves fan he's like well I don't know which piece I was like the answer is Delo don't question it.
0: Which piece to move, you're saying? Between
1: those, before Gobert got there, which yeah. three, I'm like, you know the answer's not Ant, because if it is, you just are dumb. Yeah. Uh, I think the but, answer like, all all along was D'Lo, yeah. But like, you're like, Cat or D'Lo? And I'm like, Cat is not the guy you send home. Uh, but with that being said, re- man, Northwest Division, some juicers on the jersey side. I'm just realizing this. Uh, Wolves jer- before- they
0: might have my favorite jersey in NBA history. Not even kidding. One Wolves jersey in
1: particular. Okay. Before we get to that, though, let's give our watchability score. T-Wolves for me, a 9-4. Okay. So that, is that I your second am... highest? Yes. yes. Mine no. it is my third highest because there's a certain team that may or may not also be in the Northwest Division that I s- love.
0: <laughs> okay. So mine is going to be a 7-2. I think that's pretty fair. I should have wrote
1: him down on my score so I know the actual order. Anthony Edwards is definitely
0: a big, big part of that score um, being a positive.
1: I just like watching Kyle Anderson shoot, to be honest. <laughs> Slow-mo. <laughs> Slow-mo. Uh, but uh, there's that average person watchability way closer to you than me, for sure. Um, Mm-hmm. Honestly, maybe even lower than you. Like people probably don't really want to watch the Timberwolves at all. Yeah. Uh, that uh, might that be being the s- case,
0: I think, I think a lot of people, I, especially after the Team USA stuff this this summer,
1: uh, want to watch Ant, Ant for like three weeks and then be done. But yeah. Uh, and I don't have a number to put on the uh, average Joe watchability. Um,
0: probably said, a, a seven or a six five. I was going to say
1: 6-3, but that works too. 6'5 works. Um, now to jerseys uh, as we are winding down time on the T-Wolves. Jerseys-wise, what is your favorite jersey of all time for the Minnesota Timberwolves and potentially in the history of the NBA?
0: Yeah, it might be my favorite of all time, and that is their blue. It's, it's not like the actual old ones, but it's the new versions of the old blue with the white – wolves font with the green outline of that font so it's it's like a bright blue not bright as in like light colored but like bright as in like it's it's poppy you know pops where it like ombres into white on the top or that's their new city editions this year. oh no not that one the axe body spray <laughs> can not that one that's what it that looks like to me but yeah i don't hate it but it's like yeah it looks kind of odd to me blue. the like if you just look up Wolves jersey, it's the one where like Ant is doing this this thing, this joint with uh Malik Beasley. It's just like they're
1: I, oh. the shade of
0: blue just does something to me. Like the Magic have have a jersey that is a similar shade of blue and you that, also love that one. Yeah, that one is just like I love how bright it is. I, I don't know why. It's just such a clean it's like it Dare I say a perfect jersey?
1: This Uh, wolves one. I love the jersey of one of these, but I hate the pants. But it is my favorite jersey. And this one? No, one of the. Oh, so uh, what's your opinion on
0: the one I gave?
1: Oh, it's that's a pretty clean one. Okay, I the blue doesn't do something to me. Yeah, but I get the appeal. Mm -hmm. It's the all black with Timberwolves, but like the V and the. Two of the letters have, like, sharp points, and there's, like, a green line. Mm -hmm. It's green, black, and white. They don't have much of the blue on it. But then the pants have this just stupid mid-thigh green line, and I hate it. I just hate it. Uh, But I like the jersey. I like the top. I like the number. It's outlined in green. Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's like a healthy amount of green as opposed to their, like, my eyes are bleeding highlighter green Uh, Minnesota
0: jersey. Yeah. Um, We are going to get into, I just realized, one of probably my least favorite team in terms of jerseys in this division. But we'll save them for later. Um, But yeah, so those are our favorites. I I think we got some good ones there. Um, And on now... To the next team in the Northwest Division that is the Oklahoma City Thunder, which is not the team I was alluding to because they have some decent uniforms. Mm -hmm. Um, But this team, Oklahoma City Thunder, they, uh, on on the season last year, they got 40 wins. So 40 and 42 is what they ended up with. And they are probably the, I think, other than one other team and who we're going to get to. um, They were one of the biggest differences in terms of what my ceiling to floor range was for them, so my ceiling for the Oklahoma City Thunder last season was 33 wins, and they won 40. Well,
1: so, I don't think anybody envisioned uh, Santa Clara Jalen Williams being what he was. The jumpshay averaging was, 31 points a game. No, I was. I was going through the list. Yeah, yeah, I know.
0: No, the yeah. way I said that was just like the – not because you weren't – you didn't say oh, it, but I'm, just the fact of like that's crazy that that happened. You know what I mean?
1: Uh, and I think people saw a jump, but I don't think they envisioned that. Yeah. Like that was – if there was a word more aggressive than jump, leap, I feel like that's even low. Uh, the vault, he just he, – Yeah, he um,
0: uh, pole vaulted. He, he
1: he took what we thought he
0: was going to do in like three he, years. He and Draymond just did it in a year. launched off of Sabonis's chest into <laughs> <laughs> into the top ten potential players in the NBA.
1: No, he was nuts. And then uh, and I think that the way this team is like Rubik's cube together, the way that Giddy and Shea play off of each other, it just works. Like it's like usually when you it's have funky. two guys that are not ball dominant, but like. I like to have the ball and kind of help things drive. Yeah. It doesn't work, but the way that they like chemistry wise, make it work where Shay, I think a big reason he made that jump was how good he got off ball, as opposed to just being this explode, like using his teammates. Cause Giddy had the ball and then Giddy, I think also did a little bit of that, but not obviously the same level as Shay. Uh, I watched a decent amount of thunder last year. They were a, a, a high priority watch for me. Um, Honestly, both Jalen Williams really were fun. Like they, neither of them super disappointed. Oh, and by the way, you know how they had the uh, second overall pick, or first, first, second, second overall. The second, pick. yeah. Uh, he didn't play last year, mm-hmm. so he's just coming back. Uh, and not that I expect him to do anything crazy. He is my pick for rookie of the year. But yeah, we. Um, and I think that the basketball gods looked at us and like, you deserve a Wemby Chet rookie of the year run. Mm-hmm. And it was bestowed upon us. Uh, but with that being said, uh, what do you have for their over under?
0: Uh, so their line, I don't know if I mentioned that yet. Their line is 44 and a half for this upcoming season. Uh, and I didn't mention what my actual whole range was. So it was oh. 33 wins as the ceiling. 13 was my floor. And twenty three was my reasonable prediction.
1: Is that turned if they like shut Shea down again? Yeah, that like was they like had in years well, previous. There were some teams at the bottom that I had like even lower than
0: that for their floor because I didn't know how to weigh the Wembenyama tanking factor. Like if some teams how were going to go teams would go. all out for it or not. So yeah, that's what kind of went into that there. But yeah, I had them at twenty three wins just because I thought they would probably end up tanking again at some point, but they never did. Uh, they went for it. And uh, paid off. like it didn't pay off because like they didn't actually get into the playoffs, but I, it paid off because I think that's the right way to develop and build your team is not is just to like get get some guys on your squad that perform like they just they just want to win. They've seen it. They compete. No,
1: no, they've seen it. And a perfect example is the team we just talked about, the T Wolves. That stupid jumping on the table, losing their mind when they won the play-in game to actually make the playoffs, but they just looked like a better team when they were actually in the playoffs. Like they just like took that step. So I a hundred percent agree that getting guys in those types of situations, those playing in the playoffs, whatever you want to call the play in, mm-hmm. that as th- opposed those types to of reps matters,
0: as opposed to the 76ers, uh, be atrocious. Yeah. And beat for two, his two first seasons of the, of his career. And, uh, Ben Simmons being on a team that just was not a winning, had did not have a winning mentality. And, I don't know if that's all. If that's what you we can blame um, his mental, not his mental Strolls. health. I don't want to say that, but like his just not on being, the court
1: mental lapses.
0: Yeah, and not not having like the competitive drive that you would the killer. want. Yeah, that might be part of it. Who knows? Nah. I don't want to be psychoanalyzing him, uh, but that is what I just kind of did. So, um, looking at the Thunder, though their over underline was four, is 44 and a half so the same as the wolves uh looking at the roster yeah i i echo what you said about shay and giddy about how it's weird that it works but it works
1: like so well
0: uh-huh it's it's funky neither of them are great shooters Shea's taken strides though as uh getting better as a shooter i think giddy's also started getting a little better too especially since they've uh, last season was their first year they had a uh, chip England who's regarded as the greatest shooting coach of all time. Um, you know, who spent all those years with the Spurs getting just getting guys who could not shoot earlier in their careers into shooters by the time, you know, just a few years into their, into their career. He's been working with, with the likes of Josh Giddy on improving his jump shot. So yeah, I think that uh, that if we see that improve for Giddy, if he gets to even like an average Catch if, you know, if
1: he can shoot, th- if he can hit a like, I'll call it at a thirty-three percent clip. Yeah, that's I, scary. Yeah, that would that would be. I,
0: I'm trying to remember what his actual number is right now, but I was going to say thirty-five, like his like league average is like thirty-five-ish, um, and if he can do that, that would be ideal. Um, and that that would be more than twenty-nine point five. Yeah, twenty-nine point five. Okay, so that. Yeah, thirty three would definitely be a, a good improvement.
1: Well, that yeah, and that's incorporating like just everything when he gets contest. Just hit a thirty or threes, and I think that'll be a big. I mean, that's a four point jump for him, uh, which is a, a big jump. So, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: So, and also, I love how Giddy is. You know, he's one of these guys that's it's great. He's great with the ball in his hands. You would think that uh, that's how you'd want want to use him most of the time. But the other thing is how good he is off ball is just something that I love um, because he's just such a connective passer. He he reminds me a lot of Lonzo Ball in that way, um, where he's a guy that – he's like one of the best – him and – I mean, Jokic is kind of like this too, but Jokic has the ball most of the time, so it's not the same thing. But in theory, at least, it's similar, where he doesn't need the ball very much in order to be like the best passer, best playmaker on the floor like to impact the game in a way where he's like doing all these things. Cause like Lonzo just gets the ball off a defensive rebound or an outlet in transition. And he's just like spraying it up the floor to guys on in, in transition or like just getting like a swing over to him and he's touch passing it down to somebody, you know, in a high, low, like things like that. Um, Another does thing that too. I think
1: if like pass to assist counted as like a half assist, he would have like 25 assists a game. <laughs> like if, if each pass to assist counted, because he just like when he does touch the ball, the pass always goes to like if it's not the guy that's doing something, it's the next. It's very yeah, in the it's flow like, just of the like, offense. It, yeah. He's just in the flow, just the middle piece of it mm-hmm. and flicks it at like an angle. You're like, oh, that's a that's a pretty tough pass. Not that he like he's a good passer. He's not like Mount Rushmore, all time passers in the NBA right now. But he is a very, very intelligent passer with where he puts the ball in. He gets it into some t- tougher places than the average NBA player probably can.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. So I love that backcourt. It's a humongous backcourt as well, the biggest one in the NBA for sure. At uh, Shea's six six and Giddy is a legit six eight, um, which is just nuts. <laughs> but and then to
1: think they have two like not big but talls. Yeah,
0: seven footers uh, that they can just like. They are a tall team. It's going to be fun oh. to watch. So that yeah. is why I'm going to use my over for them. This like I thought about just being a maniac and locking this one, but I I used my lock on the Nuggets. Um, it was
1: between these two for me, but between the T Wolves and them, I'm also taking the over. Okay. But yeah.
0: Fair enough. So this is the first time we've agreed today.
1: Well, we'll probably agree on the next one.
0: Oh yeah, we we have to <laughs> agree on the next one. But before we get to that, Thunder watchability score. Mine is gonna be so I gave the Cavs a nine seven. So I'm gonna give the Thunder a nine four. Nine four is what I'm feeling for the for the Thunder. They might they're either gonna be the third or fourth. I haven't decided yet. They're either gonna be the third or fourth highest in the entire NBA.
1: They are probably one of the two or three teams. That if I don't watch all 82, I will catch like an extended speed watch of all 82 and highlights or whatever. Like I won't – I will keep up to date on the Thunder pretty aggressively. I can't even remember what I gave the T-Wolves. I don't write the numbers down. I just do what my heart says. I think um, you said 9-7. F- was it 9-7? It might have been 9 That's the number that's popping in my head now. So maybe that's the T-Wolves. But that honestly could be the Thunder. They are just – just a combination of the uniqueness of their backcourt and just the potential, just like just morsel of goodness that could be Chet Holmgren, just being a dog. Because mm-hmm. uh, that's the one thing that I've seen as he's came back, he just seems nastier, and he was already kind of like nasty. He just seems like he is like him and Kevin Garnett just locked. Yeah, like he just locked himself just in going a room to say that, Kevin and Garnett. just was like, make me a just a bad mf.
0: Yeah, I haven't even heard that comparison by the way, but that's just something I was thinking of.
1: And and I haven't seen him do, but like, I mean, he was in the summer league bullying guys fighting for an NBA spot, but like he was like (laughs) just aggressive with absolutely every movement he did on the court. Yeah. Uh. And he's put on a lot of muscle since his uh, last season when he entered the Well, I think to the point where it's translated to like 15 pounds. It's not just like, oh, he bulked up. Like I think he's just bigger. Mm -hmm. It's – and, and it's not easy to put on 15 pounds, no matter how big you are, of muscle. Yeah. Uh, so any chubby ad is gone, and he's just a big, girthy. I, which animal I don't man. think he ever really had any chub on him. <laughs> but. Girthy is not the right word, but no, um, he is definitely uh, bulked up, which is good for both. Knock on wood, you never want to see injuries in any sport, but uh, and hopefully we see like a a full on full blast version of Chet. And I, I also he's also a part of the sneaky reason I took the over because I'm like, if this team without him could do that type of stuff. I don't I don't think what Chet's going to require will take all that much away from what they did last year. But the West is kind of rising tides, uh, makes things difficult. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so there's the Thunder. But before we get moving on, all-time jerseys.
0: Yeah, for the Thunder.
1: Do you have one that comes to your mind? I do, and it's kind of a weird one. It is the all-orange Russ. It has a dark blue OKC on the chest.
0: Oh, the dark blue one on the chest? Yeah.
1: I want to make sure because like, I know a play that I'm okay, thinking. Yeah. It's, I know the one you're talking about now.
0: I see um, it on Stephen Adams.
1: It's it's the play where Stephen Adams throws, throws the greatest off of the rim and then catches it and chucks it out to Russ who hits the game winner. Russ is crazy. First year, uh, his MVP season. So is this the the one
0: that has um, the white outline on the OKC or is is there no outline? So it's not
1: the dark blue. It's the – let me just – I'm going to just look up the play because I like –
0: Yeah, I like those ones. I kind of prefer the other ones though, the the ones that are just like it, but the – there's no white outline on the OKC part in the chest.
1: Um, No, it is the dark blue OKC with the white outline.
0: Okay. Yeah,
1: and it's like the dark. It like almost looks black. It's like Nuggets blue, for lack of a better term.
0: Okay, Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Because yeah, yeah. Oh, it's in the playoffs. Maybe this wasn't his MVP season.
0: They went to the playoffs. MVP season, for sure. Nobody's ever won an MVP and not gone to the playoffs.
1: Well, oh, wasn't even to win. It just they were down one hundred eight to one hundred seven. Uh, against the Rockets in the playoffs. I just remember, like, because he didn't even beam it. He just, like, arced it off, and it just bounced back to him, and he just throws it out to Westbrook. Mm. Uh, but it's the it's the dark blue OKC, the Andre Roberson OKC dark blue.
0: <laughs> yeah, I like those ones. I also like the, the gray gradient ones when Melo was there. Those ones are kind of cool. Um, I wouldn't say OKC has any like all-time jerseys that I'm. I'm just like, oh yeah, that's a pantheon, you know. Type I of jersey. don't think
1: they have anywhere. I'm like, that's atrocious. Yeah, not really. Uh, the only one where they look like a truck stop is a little weird. It's like the like the everything's charcoal gray. Uh, that's kind of funny. Was that a pun
0: intended on the truck stop thing? Because no,
1: I think it's because like their loves is their like jersey yeah. patch. <laughs> yeah. So I like I really feel that like. The whole thing just feels truck stop.
0: Okay. And which one was that?
1: It's like the all charcoal. It's got gold uh, highlight, like gold. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. I see which ones. You're that one work.
1: just feel it's like a good Jersey, but it just feels truck stop. Yeah. Um, I see that. It, it says like
0: Oklahoma city on yep. it, like stacked. Yeah. Um, I like, I honestly kind of like their all white ones uh, from last year. Or maybe the year before. I think it was last year. Yeah. Um, they're all white with the gray letters. Like literally not color on them at all other than the loves patch.
1: Yep. I like those ones.
0: But yeah, so that the, does not Their it for, worst jersey
1: though, now that we're doing this, is the uh, one that had like the weird font for OKC. It had like a diamond inside the O and like a diamond inside the C. Yeah, see,
0: that's one that I'm like – that's that's, Either that is completely just awful Or it's actually kind of cool. Like, there's no in-between. You know what I mean? And I lean that it is kind of, it's pretty awful. Just looking at it, like the front, it looks like a energy drink. The can of an energy drink. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like one of those bang energies. Something like that. But yeah, so that does it for Jersey Talk for the Oklahoma City Thunder. And that brings us to the next team in the Northwest Division, which is the most interesting team. In the NBA right now, that's probably not true. But um, they have a claim to it at least, and that is the Portland Trailblazers. Because I think they
1: have the most interesting storyline but not team.
0: Yeah. They have – they're the only team out of all 30 in the NBA that don't have an underla- over-underline on any sportsbook right now. And that is because of the – I don't know what else to call it other than
1: – It's just the Dame effect. The Damian Lillard uncertainty.
0: Yeah. I'm trying to think of a word. I keep thinking viscosity, but that means like a thick Thickness of fluid. (laughs) Yeah. Um, What I mean is very variable. Like it
1: could go either way. Because if Dame's there and they set a line like he's not, everyone that bets the over easily makes their money. And if Dame is not there and like they make a line like, oh, he's gone and then he ends up staying – He's still going to play and they're still going to be in the same ballpark of where they were last year. So they just, they could, they probably won't make a line until they have a answer on where Damian Lillard will be for game one is probably when they'll or they just won't make a line and you can't bet the line on the trailblazers this year. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they've ever done that, but
0: yeah, I'm not sure, but um, probably not. That that would sound very surprising, but The thing that does confuse me, though, is why – so why does the Heat still have a line? Because isn't that kind of like a big –
1: Because I think the variability between the two outcomes is not as dramatic.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Uh,
1: I also found an interesting stat kind of diving into them. Uh, They will be bad. Uh, How bad, you might ask? Without Damian Lillard on the court, they had a plus or a a minus 10.6 points per 100 possessions. That's a point differential of an 18-win team. Somebody typed that up when I was looking through things. I didn't do the math for that, but uh they won't be that bad, I don't think, without Dame, but I put them in the ballpark. They'll yeah. flirt with the 20s for sure.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah. And they might they might be one of the few teams that might be tanking this NBA season at the end of the at the end of the year. I don't know if anybody's gonna be tanking at the start. That rarely happens. Um, so there,
1: if there's not a Wemby uh, at the finish line. Yeah, there, it's not the same caliber. Next yeah. year there will be, but not this year. Not, I wouldn't say even a Wemby next next year. Wemby's obviously a bit strong, but yeah. <laughs> there, there's not an. This is like watch it just come end up being like the next uh, like 2003 draft class, and we're just like <sharp inhale> sleeping on it. Uh, but there there's nothing that's like eye shattering, show stopping.
0: Yeah. Um, There, there's at least three players in this year's draft that would go first in next year's probably
1: just by the
0: assessment of it at at the moment. Um, But yeah, so that, what did I, yeah, so the Blazers that, yeah, they don't have a line. They, oh yeah, so you were saying that they are a way worse team without Dame. Um, Part of that also might be because of when he wasn't playing last year, they were intentionally tanking at that point. And the funny thing I thought of also is like, even in like, even with that boost, um, I don't think it, it still um, equates to Nicole Jokic's (laughs) on off, which is just a wild thing. Um, This is just Nuggets fan time throwing in another uh, braggadocious (laughs) Jokic stat. But so anyways, what their record was last year was 33 and 49, which was in that ceiling to floor range I had him at. Um, their ceiling I had him at was 47 and that was if Dame and Jeremy Grant and the whole crew stays healthy and they're, they're competing, you know, for a playoff spot and everything. Um, that was like the best case scenario. Then the floor I had him at was 26 wins and the reasonable prediction I had him at was 39. So they were on the lower end for sure, but Dame also missed more games than expected. And so, yeah, me and Jacob are going to both use our stayaways here fairly so uh, i don't think we that- talked
1: about it before and since there was no line we we're like you have to but then i think you said logan like mm-hmm. we probably both just would anyway yeah because if there's ever a reason for a stay away uh unless you're like really conflicted on a line
0: mm-hmm.
1: not having a line is there
0: yeah agreed I, I don't think it would be insane to just be like whatever their line is going to be i'm picking under you know what i mean but, yeah, <laughs> but uh, unless
1: it's like unless it's 20.
0: Yeah, that'd be a little tough. Yeah, for sure. Because what if Scoot? <laughs> what if Scoot just comes out and is an animal?
1: No, I think there's a real world where Scoot comes out and is 60 percent of Damian Lillard. And Jeremy Grant is still on this team. They still have some good players. Uh, OK, 60. No, I'm going to stick with 60. There is a chance where like he comes out and is like a. Great value, Damian Lillard, with the ability to develop into—I mean, I don't see him being any,
0: anything like Damian Lillard as far as skill, like was, what they do on the what court. What they but do?
1: No, because he's Scoot more like a Russell like, Westbrook. Yes, I was not trying to say in terms of what he does. I'm yeah. more saying in terms of like what he can provide in terms of like strictly statistical points, things like that. Like yeah, the yeah. impact he has on a game. Mm-hmm. He's like an athletic he, point guard. He can mm-hmm. walk in the door and have 60% of the impact that Dame had.
0: Yeah. Mm.
1: Yeah. It's Makes sense. They're, it's apples and oranges the way they play basketball because that's why uh, comparing point guards, you know, like, you know, uh, big comparison is Dame and Russell Westbrook for me. They just <laughs> seem like they're cut from the same cloth, same type of player. Uh-huh. That's not how it works. Yeah. Um, Scoots a football player built like one and plays like one plays like one.
0: <laughs> yeah. So. That is, I guess, our picks on that. There's not really much else to say about the analysis of this team, I don't think. Other than, I guess we can take a look at their roster. We should do a better job at that. I feel like we haven't been.
1: Well, we've been giving a lot more like, actual commentary on teams than we usually do. Yeah. Uh, because we've been getting close to 15 minutes after already just having a crazy start to the yeah. end. So.
0: Yeah, because we're. I think we were pretty loose. But they still got uh, Anthony Simons here, Matisse Thiebel. Uh, just drafted Scoot Henderson, like we said. Shaden Sharp coming into his second season. Uh, Nasir Little is still on this NBA basketball team. Chris Murray, who is the twin brother of Keegan Murray, just left-handed. He's a rookie on this team this year.
1: Worse, worse of the two.
0: Uh, last year he played just like his brother, though. So who knows? I well, with the same
1: up. Yeah, that is fair. Uh, but the first year I've... though, he
0: took he was
1: major backseat uh and then also Iowa was way worse last year than they were. Granted they didn't have Luke Garza. Or you know, yeah, like their whole team was
0: not as good. But yeah. Chris Murray entering like the uh he put up similar numbers to to his yes. brother in
1: that same role. Um you know what uh, Chris Murray did though or Keegan? Yeah, what Keegan Murray did? Beat Nebraska. Ha. <laughs> Get wrecked Chris Murray. Oh, okay. They didn't beat Nebraska. I, I see time. what you're saying. I, th- I was like, I thought you were like laughing As at Nebraska for a no. second.
0: I was like, that is very out of
1: character. No, Chris Murray <laughs> lost to Nebraska in Lincoln. Okay, and in Iowa City.
0: Yeah. All
1: right. Well, is that where Iowa is?
0: Iowa City. Yeah. Oh,
1: Iowa the... State's in Ames, and Iowa's oh, yeah. in Iowa City. I knew that Ames was Iowa State, but nice. I say- no, I'm not even. I'm not second guessing myself. I
0: know I'm right. Pick a Big Ten team. I'll tell you where they're I don't at. know if I even would have told you where – Where well, I just kind of didn't know that, I guess. Um, Rutgers, Piscataway, New Jersey. I didn't even know that was a city. Piscataway?
1: technically they're New Brunswick, but it's Piscataway.
0: Hmm. Keon Johnson is on this basketball team. Uh, Ray and Rupert, who is one of the many French prospects in last year's draft, is on this team as well. Eric Bledsoe is on their uh, retained cap space. So is uh Hollis Jefferson, the uh left-handed Kobe. Um,
1: for uh Jordan. Wait, he's on a team now?
0: No, he's uh, he's on their dead cap. He's uh oh. regular cap holds. But um yeah, so stay away for them. Portland Trailblazers watchability
1: score. I'm gonna give him a, a two point three. I'll give him a three one early. Because I want to see what Scoot does, and then a one.
0: Yeah, I think they'll be pretty bad.
1: Maybe okay, I, should go, I, th- I
0: should go higher than two, three. Actually, I'll go three. Okay, six. I'm going
1: to change it because if we're going to say one is the seven win Bobcats, yeah. right, we need to find out how many wins they actually have. We've never if looked. This pretty this sure it was seven. Okay, I think it's that. Bob, if that's a one, they're a two. Yeah, like they are. I at I least have a two. At almost least almost negative desire. I would try to watch baseball again. Before I'd watch like like Trailblazers actively, it d- it depends especially for me because they have a lot of,
0: of fun players. that you know, Anthony Simons. early,
1: I like. Oh yeah, I'll watch Scoot,
0: yeah, pretty yeah. Simons. But I'm not interested in. I'll probably go like a three six on them because I don't think they'll be the last team. I think there's one team that is going to be well below them actually. So. More and more I think about it, I'm reason, I, I'd am say 3-9. Three 3-9 nine. Three nine is going to okay. be my watchability score for the Portland Trail Blazers because it's just slow, like a, what I look at it as is if it's below a five, I'm kind of like, nah, I'm good. Most NBA teams are above a five for me because I'm like, oh, yeah, there's a lot of things on that team that I could. You want to see. Yeah. Yeah, so 3-9 for the Blazers. Both these are stay-aways here. Jerseys, I honestly, one of their very slept-on jerseys, one that I like a lot. Is, so
1: there's only one I like.
0: You don't like Portland Blazers jerseys? They're, there's you know, a like couple
1: okay ones, but there's one that stands out to me. I think Easy. Portland
0: has some really good jerseys, to be honest.
1: They have some really bad ones. The one that I like mm-hmm. a lot
0: is the one that says Oregon on it. The uh, oh. They're kind of like almost a brown. I don't know if they're, I would say brown, but they're like a charcoal. And then they they have the red on the side and it's like With cursive organ on them,
1: but it's like the red, orange, blue. Yeah. Okay. I see yeah. Now. Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I kind of like those ones. Um, I, especially oh. like when mellow played there, that's that, that was like their city edition that year. Mm-hmm. Um, or one of those years that he was there. So I like those ones. I like also the ones that say rip city, obviously, um, I have a few that do, but I like those ones. The cream
1: also, rip cities are the best.
0: Yeah, cream rip cities are good. Um, they're just their general like normal, oh, home and away. Mm-hmm. I I dig those like with the stripe. Um, so,
1: wow, you just let left a little nugget earlier, and I am shocked that uh, the uh, the team we have left is your least favorite NBA jersey franchise. Oh, okay. I
0: don't mean that as all time. Their jerseys right now are okay the because worst they have thing. A
1: terrible current. Yes, yes. But their jersey shorts like, three to four years ago they were all t- they oh were yeah. knocking things out of the park. I agree with okay, you. Okay, I misunderstood what you were saying. Yeah,
0: right now thought, they have okay. the worst jerseys in the game. But okay, um, but to to finish up with Portland though, really quick, most teams I don't love it when they do like the no text on the front. It's just like a symbol, mm-hmm. but portland gets away with it with the
1: something about the trailblazer just mm-hmm. cyclone whatever that thing is yeah what is it is like a wheel moving fast what is it supposed to be oh i think it's like supposed to be like actual
0: trail like a like paths
1: like a, a, a pinnacle point with like paths
0: yeah i think so that's what i've always interpreted it as but maybe maybe not It's a
1: pinwheel. Um, A pinwheel. Okay. The five lines on either side of the graphic represent the five offensive players and five defensive players coming together to compete in the game of basketball. Oh. Gotcha.
0: Um, More you know. Um, I'm not a huge fan of their PDX jerseys. Yeah, those suck. Like I like them if they weren't the Blazers. Because I just don't love when a team uses completely and like not their colors sometimes. You know, I, this bothers me unless it's like really, really good. But if a team were, were to be those colors, then I think that's a pretty it – it's a fine jersey. Uh,
1: because they look like they're Hornets jerseys.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah kind of like Hornets honestly, yeah.
1: Um, I need to read this whole description because it sounds made up on what their pinwheel is supposed to be. So okay. there's five lines on either side for offense and defense coming, pe- coming together to play the game of basketball. The curved lines represent the movement and speed of the individuals on the court, and the graphic genius who came up with this concept is the cousins of the Trailblazers founder and first general manager Hank Glickman. Frank Glickman was a graphic designer in Boston, and when Harry needed a new logo, he gave Frank a call. So it is not paths. It's just guys moving schmooving quick. Gotcha, ripping. Uh, it's a trailblazer, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. It's a great. It it just it just works. Has it ever changed? I don't think so. I guess I don't remember. I don't know when
0: Portland became like when they entered the league. 1970. Oh, uh, so, so yes, they were it good has right changed. away.
1: That's kind of odd. It's not usually how uh, that happens. But so it used to be more up in 1970 and then it got edgy and they went diagonal but the, oh. the essence has never changed
0: mm-hmm. yeah and they flipped the colors i think on it a couple it times it used to be
1: black and red now it's white and red mm-hmm. and then in the 90s they put the red on top yeah and that's oh and now it's on top again as of 2017 but that does it for a time for them
0: all right. Sounds good. Going into the final team in the Northwest division, we have the Utah jazz who shocked the world last year by winning 37 games. And if you took a snapshot at the beginning of the season, they, I think they were either 10 and two or 10 and three to start the year. They were the, the first one to
1: win 70 games. Yeah. No big deal.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, they came out and throttled my Denver nuggets game one of the season. Um, which was just a insane, insane wild experience
1: behold. and wild so, experience for all involved.
0: I would put it money on this one being the largest difference from what my ceiling to floor range was. Um, like I said, I haven't looked at all of them yet, but I'd be very surprised if one was bigger than this. And that is they won 10 more games than what my ceiling was for them. So my ceiling was 27 wins. They won 37. Um, my reasonable prediction was 20 and my floor for them was 10. So I thought, I bet they, they had could be digits. bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so their over underline this season though is thirty five and a half, which I think is a really good line because it's going to be tough for them to win more games than they did last season. I think because of how good the West got and how Laurie Marketing, you know took a huge jump last season, but he's it's not like he's getting any younger. Yeah, you know, he's not he's not old by any means, but he's like. Not at that point where he should be taking yet another leap, you know? He's in that prime age range if now.
1: The The only leaps we'd see him take is if he gets put in a better situation, which i like... Once players get to his age, it's like, oh, you got... Jalen Brunson's an example. He got put in the, like... Correct situation to use his offensive skill set, and now he looks like an elite guard more yes, than he did. in Dallas. with
0: I think that is what Lurie's what big leap was him last year. Yeah, yep. mm-hmm. um, first time being used at, with like the ball in his hands, other than when he plays for Finland, which is where he is a monster <laughs> on the Finland national team. So, uh, the King in the North is his nickname in in international play, which I think is one of the coolest nicknames that that exists. Um, I, lo- I don't know why, but I just love that it's not like the king of the north or like something like that, because you, you'd you expect that. You know, that sounds a little bit more cliche, but it's the king in the north. It's just kind of dope. It sounds like a, something out of Game of Thrones or something like that.
1: Well, because the game you're I've never seen. You've game never of seen. Thrones, so there is like a whole thing and it's king of the north. Like king it's in like a the north or
0: king of, king, of the, or king yeah, of the see,
1: north. I don't know. King of is that that's what I was just saying. King. It was of definitely the, played off of the Game of Thrones, king of the north.
0: His nickname? Maybe –
1: yeah, for sure.
0: I'm just saying King in the North is cooler than King of the North. That's what I was saying before the Game of Thrones thing.
1: I'm just checking to see if it's King of the North or King – it is King in the North.
0: Yeah, I think that's cooler
1: than King of the North. Well, they're both King of – or King in the North. Yeah. But yes, I can concur that that is a more imposing human of Uh – that's the King – that's in the North.
0: Yeah, uh, it just kind of sounds cooler. Yeah. Uh yeah. It's a, Anyways, it's, <laughs> um uh moving on to whatever we were talking the Jazz, uh so they they their over underline was thirty five and a half, or is thirty five and a half rather. Um I, which I think is a really good line. And this is where I, I don't know, I'm kind of feeling like we should look at their roster before I give a pick. John Collins. John Collins is an addition that you just reminded me of, to be honest. I saw a post today on Instagram. T-H-T, that, Keontae George. Um I saw a post today on Instagram that was showing like some players that you might have forgotten changed teams in the offseason. And surprisingly, John Collins was not on it. Because you just said that and I was like, oh, I totally forgot about him. He should have been on that post today that I saw, but he was not. Um Joey Hauser is a two-way player on this team. I don't know if he has any relation to Sam Hauser, but he is there. Uh Luka Samanich, or Samanich, however you pronounce it, is on this team. Omer Yurtsevin is here. What the heck? So he's not on the Heat anymore for some reason. Um, he was a free agent, yeah. it looks like.
1: That's Sam Hauser's brother.
0: Okay. Joey Hauser. They also have uh, Kelly Olenek. Uh, Taylor Hendricks was a draft pick they had this year. Ochai Agbaji was a rookie from last year, same with Walker Kessler. Simone Fontecchio, who we just saw, ball out for Italy this summer. Uh, Colin Sexton is still on this team. So they've got some players. They've got a really good coach in um, Will Hardy. So they definitely could go over, but this is one of the teams I'm feeling a little bit safer with the under, so I am going to lean under here. What about you?
1: I have to go under somewhere in the West. I keep talking about how the West is so good on the top. The losses have to go somewhere. Uh, And I think they go to the jazz, even though they might be a better team as a whole this year. They still, I think uh, take some L's Mm -hmm. because of just the people they got to take on, on the regular in the Western conference.
0: I agree. Same reason I picked under. So we are on the same page there. That is the – I think we've been like basically the same each division where we disagree on two and then agree on three. (laughs) So that is continued, that pattern. Um, But, yeah, so I think that will do it for the Utah Jazz as far as picking their over-under. But moving on to their watchability score, I am going to give the Jazz not as high as I would have – like not going into last year. I didn't think it would be high going into last year, but – not as high as it did end up being last year, which was more of like a seven ish for me this year. I'd say it's probably more like a five.
1: I feel like five is a perfect number. Mm-hmm. I won't turn it off unless there's a team that I'd rather watch. Yeah. But I'm like, Oh, it's basketball. This is this is good. Mm-hmm.
0: Agreed. And I just, I like watching Laurie market. honestly, Laurie Martin is just a Laurie legend. You know what I mean? I just love that. That's a, that's a nickname for him too. He's got some of the best nicknames. The finisher. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Yeah. That is a, a really good one. Um, and so moving on to their jerseys, I guess. So we both picked five for them for the watchability.
1: Yeah. I feel like five is like a perfect number. Yeah, You said I'm like, that's good. That's that's it. Mm-hmm. If any team is um, a
0: five, it's the Utah Jazz.
1: The, for sure. Um, moving on to jerseys here. Uh, we kind of talked about it earlier. They're, they did a big reveal last year of a, a new alternate home and away, and they suck. They're the worst jerseys I've
0: ever seen in my life.
1: One of them is okay. <laughs> I think their black one with the Utah is okay. The Utah? I don't think it even says all Utah. I think it just has three letters on it. Really?
0: Which is that?
1: I might be wrong, though. This is from memory. Oh, you should probably off
0: memory. Up. Okay. I just don't like I like the the only ones that are okay to me are the white ones in the front. Like the white front the front of the white ones are okay. I you don't hate like the, the eyes yellow. No, okay, yeah, I hate <laughs> the color of that one number 1 for the Jazz at least. Like why are the Jazz abandoning like their best like they have one of the best color palettes in the league. You know, with their that purple and blue, you know what I mean? And well, now It's th- like
1: they also have like an infinite color palette cuz like People yeah. don't really care. And now they're
0: just adding a completely new new thing into it, and I'm like, why? You have so many good colors. Why just go completely highlighter yellow?
1: Uh, uh yeah. I think my favorite Utah before we like crap on them because uh, I'll forget is the black sunset ones where it's bl- it's not all sunset. Oh. But the top half is sunset, but it's like black. Yeah. The rest of it.
0: I like those ones. Um, I also just like that because, like, if you've been to Utah, and in, in where the the games are played around Salt State, uh, Salt Lake City and Provo, that area, that is what the night or the evening sky looks like. Um, there very much. It's like almost like I would describe it almost more like a pink, um, than an orange, but it's very much that vibe. So it fits really well with uh, where they're located, but um. The thing I hate – I didn't even say what I hate most about their current jerseys right now. But what that is is the size of the numbers are just way too aggressive. I, it's not that I hate the font of them or anything like that. It's just how big the numbers are is like calm down. You know what I mean? That's, that's how I feel when I look at them. It's like take it easy a little bit. Why are they so big? Um but they, yeah, that's why I like the white ones because the the numbers are like a agreeable <laughs> size; they're not so huge. Um, but yeah, that's just how I feel. I don't know about you.
1: It's just a, it's just an interesting angle to hate them from.
0: I, that's what I I've hated it. about them. Hated about them ever since the the moment I
1: saw them. I hate them because it looks like they were made in uh, PowerPoint and then just put on a jersey. Yeah, they look like a. Like an uh like AAU the oversaturated team. like a high school yeah, team's the, jerseys. The oversaturated yellow yeah. that screams like I'm learning how to use pro presenter and I'm gonna make a yellow slide. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh I really don't like them. But yeah. that's just me. I like as far as like the jerseys that I do like from the jazz, I really like their purple uh mountain ones. The the purple like yep. they have them right now as a retro alternate which is the only thing that's good about their current jerseys. Um, <laughs> their purple ones with the white Do the jerseys bring down their watchability score for you? Honestly, they might. <laughs> like, as much as I enjoyed watching them play last year, I could not, like, I, I, not even a little, I thought maybe uh, they would grow on me. They, They haven't, like hardly at all. Like, maybe a little bit. I don't have as much hatred towards them as I did when I first saw them. But still like I'm just like I I wish they were wearing different uniforms. But yeah, so that is how I feel about the jazz jerseys. The purple ones are my favorites. I also really love the Darren Williams uh AK forty seven era, um, light blue. Yep. I love those with jerseys. The, yep. Um
1: like with the the first era of the new Utah jazz like logo that wasn't like the mountain jazz, it was like yeah the In, font the font yeah uh-huh. the, the new jazz font but it had this like it kind of looks like a grizzly jersey
0: yeah it does it does Honestly, uh,
1: just with utah on the front like somebody made it at home
0: yeah <laughs> um but yeah those are those <laughs> are our picks for the jazz jerseys
1: <laughs> i got a tweet
0: is it shareable on the podcast it's or? football Okay.
1: Well, I I can just explain it. So it's showing the Giants' offensive line trying to block this just loaded defensive. The 49ers' defensive line is like, if not the best, one of the best in football. And then somebody just tweets, this is how Kaiju's attack cities in Pacific Rim. And it's the defensive lineman running through the offensive line with his arms up, like trying to like swim around.
0: Hmm. I've never seen Pacific Rim, but I think I know what you're talking about. I think I've seen the memes.
1: It's just funny. It's just a funny, just a funny. (laughs) And this guy's a a Giants fan, so that's why it makes me laugh more. Oh, Uh, This is how kaijus attack cities in Pacific Rim. Anyway, sorry. I got distracted (laughs) by that. that's okay.
0: But yeah, I think that should do it, honestly, for today's episode of the Hoop Theory podcast. It was a wild ride from the very start. But if you made it here to the end, then you are one of the faithful. (laughs)
1: Because this was uh, rough.
0: Yeah, it was rough. Today's just been kind of a rough day for me too. Like oh, me... it's
1: been brutally. I almost texted you we shouldn't record tonight. Really? I was like,
0: I I tried doing a, a Larry Birdle today, and like every everything was going wrong. Like like the just technical issues. Like I yeah I ended up just scrapping it. But which is the first time I've done that, where I've just completely scrapped a, one of those game videos. But um. Yeah, so that's that's how this day has gone right, from, from the very start. <laughs> so, but yeah, we hopefully you guys are not having as poor of a day. Um, hopefully it's been good for you.
1: Well, my day can't be that bad. I grew up, in, I woke up uh, in the greatest nation on this planet. Shout out to the three listeners in France over the past six months, the three listeners in Latvia.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but anyway,
0: I think there's the been going f- like 39 in Singapore. <laughs>
1: Did we talk about Singapore?
0: No, I don't think we've ever mentioned Singapore before. But I, that's not even our biggest foreign country. I don't think
1: uh, that has to be a bot. Yeah, Singapore has to be bots.
0: I mean, basketball is very popular in Southeast Asia,
1: and we're just helping them learn English.
0: They definitely speak English in Singapore. Like that's one of the, that's
1: if not the official language, then it's very close. My brain is so done. Okay. I took Shanghai. Oh yeah, and Singapore. Yeah, Singapore is like a melting. <laughs> is in China, where they speak Mandarin. I'm just yeah. Dumb. I mean,
0: Mandarin is if if English is not the official language of Singapore, then it's probably Mandarin because it's like a Chinese colonization place. You know that Ch- China is who founded the, the uh, district of Singapore, but um, they have a lot of English speaking
1: people. I'm sure Shanghai does probably too. Honestly. For all I know, yeah,
0: not not as much as Singapore, but yeah, Singapore is like a a international hub. It's kind of like a trade. Yeah, a little, almost kind of like a New York City or a Toronto is like that too. Um, Hmm. But yeah, this is not. We should have a. We should have a podcast where we talk about cities and geography. That'd be fun. Wow, that'd be that'd be a time
1: town theory. town theory city theory but anyway uh if you are listening on an audio medium also known as spotify be sure to give us five stars it helps us out if you're taking a look in a view ski on youtube like comment subscribe hit that ring bell so you know every time logan pumps out content also keep your eyes peeled for a compilation of me confusing (laughs) logan and probably (laughs) you because it happens a lot uh And Logan, actually, if you want to throw this at the beginning, I'll do a little bit of a a little bit of a voiceover. You can show the video of us like debating at the beginning. Okay, and this will be a voiceover. Uh Hey, everybody, uh, this is Jacob from the end of the episode. Uh, Things kind of got to start wild here because pretty much the point is, and I'm sure that Logan will add like the part where we finally realize the differences. But I was just my brain uh, was confused. I couldn't get the correct words together and it was really bugging me. So I got kind of, kind of upset to a, to an extent that I didn't anticipate. Uh, so you won't have to endure most of that, if any of it, to be honest. Uh, Logan will probably just play this over it. Hopefully as we're, I'm doing this after the episode. This is post breaking Uh, so thank you. Uh, be sure to head on over to buy me a coffee, patreon.com and other things like that uh but yeah enjoy the rest of the episode when we talk about the northwest here's logan uh probably with the rules i don't know when he'll turn (laughs) but yeah (laughs) all right that was good Um, uh and then uh, yeah i think i've said everything i need to say (laughs) yeah
0: so thank you guys for listening then Uh, i will leave you with this stay happy stay healthy and we will talk to you guys next episode peace Uh,